Alrighty, welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of A Meal and Two Mics. We are back in the studio with our special guest, Madrina, and we just left off with a story about our, my great-grandmother, Mima Odra, who did actually live to be 109, almost 110, that's a correction from last week's episode, and so we have it here where we left off some stories about our family and... Hopefully you'll enjoy a few more that we share in this episode. Thank you so much for coming back. And again, this is John Santos and his Machete Ensemble, Café con Leche. And I think a lot of people have that, right? And and family is so important, you know, and food is so important. So we were talking earlier about, you know, what holds people together. And I, I did want to share this because I remember talking about maybe some of the things from Cuba. And I don't have many memories because I came as a young person, but one of the, as a kid, but one of the food family things was that my grandfather was all, our grandfather, uh, people was all about family and mm-hmm. getting together and you had to show up. Yeah. Right? And God forbid, I think... I don't know what he would have done with with kids playing with things at the table because the table <laughs> the table was sacred. You had to share stories and listen yeah. to the adult or share your own stories. But there was no playing around, and you know we were all right. So the last the last meal that I remember having in Cuba was the last Christmas that we all celebrated together at the Orlando's house. Oh wow! On the farm and this big long table outside in the middle of this wow. farm in Cuba, right? We all lived in Havana, but we all went out to the Orlando's house because that's the only place where everybody fit. Mm-hmm. And sitting around the table, and my grandfather was way back there, and of course all the kids were at the other end, so I'm over here. And the joke about the, the roasted pig uh, weighed the same as Tianica that year. So, <laughs> oh my God, so the joke was that the roasted pig and Tianica weighed the same, and so we should all <laughs> celebrate that for some reason. We think like, we kids didn't think that was supposed to be real funny. As a child. <laughs> but you know the whole idea of food, family, and you share. Yeah. yeah. Right? You share what you have, and at that time Cuba had everything. So we, mm-hmm. you know, and then kids were allowed to be crazy kids on this farm. Thank God, I remember those moments where, you know, nobody was watching and we could just run around. Oh. You know, which isn't the way it was in Havana, but but I think if you talk to any Cuban, they'll think about those meals, right? Yeah. That they had with family and how important that is. So I don't I don't know, and it'd be an interesting question to have to ask your your listeners: How many Cuban families allow their children to play with any any you know iPhones or anything at the table? Because like in our devices. family, you mm-hmm. do not do that, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And I have a joke. It's not really a joke, but my oldest grandson, who's eighteen. And about four or five years ago, who, who kept looking at his phone, I said something like, okay, I, their parents weren't there. I said, well, you, you know, are you a doctor? And he looked at me like, what? <laughs> I said, if you're a doctor and expecting a phone call from somebody who's dying, you know, answer that call. If not, put that away and do not take it out again. <laughs> so now I'm being threatened that he's going to be a doctor. So <laughs> Just so he can use his phone at the yeah. table. <laughs> so, you know, I like, you know, maybe your, maybe your listeners would share what do they think about that and yeah. what do they do, you know, and by cultural families, I don't know how that is, but in, in a Latin family, you just treasure that family time, time to eat and share and, commune. and, you know, commune. Yeah, and the community thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was big in, in our house, too. I would, was not allowed out one of the weekend days just because it was, like, family day for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
What about uh, what? What kind of uh, trouble would you get into the in those uh, campos in those? Oh, I think I can't yeah. tell. No, no come. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, all right. Uh, I'm the oldest, so unfortunately, you know, instigator or overseer. Oh what? no, the instigator. I <laughs> <laughs> my reputation. That's so awesome. yeah, there are still things my my daughters don't know, so I can't even say. Oh, right, right. Oh, right. We're gonna save those for later. <laughs> we'll save it for another another one. episode. Uh huh. So, okay, can you talk a little bit, can you talk a little bit about what it was like transitioning from Cuba to Chicago? Not just temperature-wise, mm-hmm. <laughs> but people-wise, and that, you know, culture shock, and back then, like, yeah, what was that like? Well, what a great question, because I really, in hindsight now, realize, again, back to family and making children, you know, we revere children. I'm not saying that other people do not, but I can say that Cuban families revere children and old people. The rest of us in the middle figure it out. Yeah. You guys <laughs> you know, are the so ones. The rest of us have to figure it out. But older people and children are, you know, you take really good care of right. them. And what I remember was that my father had left to start the job. And then all of a sudden it was announced that we were going to meet him um, in a place called Chicago. But it wasn't just my mother and my sister and I, it was a whole bunch of people. So my grandmother came, the Orlando. So it was like a whole, for, for some of the family members who yeah, could afford entourage. Thing, it was like, well, no, it was like a vacation. We're oh, all going on vacation. Nice. So so it was, it was their way. Obviously, the adults had figured out how are we going to get, you know, Tia Berta's family over there, we didn't just get on a plane, they said goodbye, they all were going on vacation. So we Isn't thought we were all beautiful. on vacation wow. to Chicago. I mean, there must have been a dozen of us. Wow. I remember taking the ferry from Havana to Key West, getting on a plane to Chicago, and then we all had a had a place that my father had rented our place, and they had rented somebody something for the Orlando's family. And so, that whole summer we spent around visiting. My father would go to work, and the rest of us were going to museums. So, so then at the end of that time, it was like, well, now after three months, and of course the Orlando could afford to do that, right? Um, and so it was like, well, we've got to go back to school, but we'll be back. So it was like, okay. So it was they made. I didn't realize this. But my family, the extended family, which is family, yeah. made the transition for us so easy. Wow. So that we ended up going like, oh, yeah, well, they're going to go back. We're going to go to school here, and we'll see them. And then grand- me, my otra, our grandmother would come and visit, and other people would come. So it was more like, you know, like we visit each other now. It was that kind of thing. Wow. My father had the entire apartment with pieces of paper, what everything was, and we will not take this piece of paper Kind of, we don't. We didn't. They didn't have stickum things. You right. mean that so, it was in English, like in English. Oh, so I see. So until refrigerator was known, we couldn't get that piece of paper. So the whole house, mirror, floor, wow. table was we labeled. Was labeled with English, and in less than a year, both my sister and I were bilingual. But that was a very conscious thing. That the wow. time we were here, we were going to learn the language and be part of it. And I'm very much for being multilingual. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so we had a whole slew of people coming and going, so it never felt badly, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, People in Chicago asked me where Cuba was. (laughs) (laughs) Again, before Fidel, they had, some people had no idea, some kind of island. Um, And then when Fidel came in, of course, that's when it became very difficult. And we didn't know as children 
but things became difficult for everybody there, and then trying to bring everybody over to get You mean them things got tougher for you living in Chicago? Well, because here's my father, the only one working, and everybody that came was one more person to support and one more person sure. to find a bed a for, for and yeah. one more person to find a bedroom for sure. and try to find a job. So we were we kind of became... A Peter Pan. Uh, yeah, we kind of became the, the depot yeah. <laughs> yeah. for everybody yeah. and who would come over until they got... Uh, and really, I don't think anybody expected that the situation in Cuba would last. Well, now I we're remember, talking 1959. Right. Well, I so. remember you, went, you mentioned Tio Orlando being one of the few in the family that could afford a lavish vacation like yeah. that. I remember Tia Cari, her, his wife, mm-hmm. uh, Mima, sister, youngest mm-hmm. sister, telling mm-hmm. us how they bought the house that they lived in in Miami with her engagement ring. Mm-hmm. That was the down now Imagine payment. that. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and, of course, they became somewhat, you know, destitute or in, uh, yeah. living, living in poverty almost because he lost everything because he thought it was just going to be temporary. And it was real estate for him, mostly. Yeah. And because I think he, because he had been raised as a millionaire, mm-hmm. he had no skills. Been. Right. I think he had been sent to military school just mm-hmm. because that's what you did with boys at right. that time in Cuba. Not because he was... But anyway, so he had no real skills, yeah. whereas everybody else who came from Cuba had skills and did, didn't mind the work. And it was like, in their case, it was like, it's going to be over soon. Yeah. It's going to be over soon. And I think a lot of people from that generation may have fallen into that. Yeah, that's sad. Unfortunately, and yeah. it's sad. Yeah. But everyone else managed to take off and find careers, jobs, businesses, your father and, and our uncle. So, you know. Well, we have the Agari to be grateful for the recipe for the moros and oh cristianos. And they're delicious. Which you enjoyed so much. Oh. So thank and, you. And her, of course, not really her Cuban version of uh, fried rice. I don't know if you have that, but I should send that to no, you. No, but we, we don't. make fried rice here, too. Do you? Yeah. And that is so oil. interesting. Now, Lila, do you know about our Chinese heritage? I've heard about this and because I did this the 23 is, This is like a, what do they say that a, uh, what do they say when in English, what do you say, como una leyenda in English, what do you say when you're like a urban legend? Urban, urban legend, legend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, urban legend. I'm the oldest one and I know from my, from our grandmother that we have, her great-grandfather was Chinese from Canton, China. Oh. And I have her, I, I should send this to you, I have her videotaped and how many, but... This would have been a grandfather back in the 1850s, uh-huh. her great-grandfather, who obviously racism has existed um, in, in the world forever. Yeah. And in that moment in time, the people who were Chinese coming into Cuba were indentured Chinese yeah. slaves or, yeah. who had to work seven or eight years for whatever company they had come with. So I don't think it was really accepted. So in our very, you know, our family, in our very, oh, no, we're going to own up to our... Spanish heritage, well, the Chinese thing did not want to go. So <laughs> then when Mima turned 100 years old, I had I had her tested, the DNA tested, and we do have Chinese blood. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean that we have an uncle there right now, right. but it shows, our <laughs> it shows our heritage going back to that. And right. she was very proud of that. Yeah. And Tia Kari, who we were just talking about, had luscious, straight black hair, mm-hmm. and her, you know, Almond Lies, and yes. her daughter, um, Yolanda, no, but um, Maggie did as well. Yeah. Now we've lost that. So anyway, She's in our family, Ch- you know, 
fried rice is a very important part because of the Chinese, perhaps mm -hmm. the Chinese heritage, but also because Cuba has a lot of Chinese absolutely. heritage, yeah. even now. Yeah, absolutely. So I didn't know you make that here. We have some here in the oh Bay Area, Chino Guano. Oh, my Guano. God. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they yeah. do, actually. Yeah. Oh, my here. goodness. And I Very cool. I, it's my own recipe, but, yeah, it's pretty good. It is really good. Oh, send Arroz it to me. Chino Guano. Oh, Mandamero. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have to that sign one. an NDA. No, yeah. <laughs> Tell me what you think is, well, what has informed you to where you are now and where are you going next? Therapy. Because I want to take that to therapy. We all need that. <laughs> But for the people who are listening who want to eat your food, so what do you think? Well, without uh, doing too much of a forecast, uh, right. as you, right. <laughs> as, as we shared a little bit, we were uh, wondering if we'd make it through September, and the community, talking about community, has really rallied around us. So, uh, fingers crossed, we're going to make it through September, and uh, at, at least to the end of the year. And um, because of its heritage, uh, Hispanic Heritage Month, mm -hmm. we're going to do a couple of special things, which we oh. won't announce right now in this podcast. But um, well, this is part of it. I mean, this podcast starting season two like this with the entrevistas and you know interviewing. Well, let me just say Latin that ladies. because of my mom's side of the family being Mexican, there's going to be something Mexican on the menu oh, besides wonderful. the guacamole and the pico de gallo. And um, as Lila whispered the bread, bread, bread in the background, oh, yes. we do have a bread recipe that has been developed for us uh, exclusively by South uh, San Francisco Baking Institute. And it is phenomenal. They hit it out of the park. We are just... Uh, trying to figure out when and how we're going to get the ovens necessary, the other equipment that's necessary to start implementing, and whether or not we can spill into the dining room, because we don't have the space back here for yeah. all the uh, bread that needs to be baked. <laughs> so maybe, maybe the community can help with But that. But it'll be the first time. Mm -hmm. Putting it out there. It'll mm -hmm. be the first time that the Bay Area um, has Cuban fresh, bread. Fresh, Freshly fresh, baked Cuban, Cuban bread. bread. And so. you have never, I was telling Lila earlier, because I don't know if that's part of anything here, But I remember as a kid, back to being in Cuba, right? So the, the big experience, the last big experience of, of a meal was Noche Buena, right, for, for Christmas Eve, as I mentioned, and my grandfather at the head of the table and, and you know, uh, weighing the same as the roasted pig and all of that. <laughs> But what I remember for breakfast was we would have hot chocolate, my mother would have cafe cubano, And there would be, you know, soft Cuban bread with butter. That that's a typical Cuban breakfast. Breakfast. Mm -hmm. Really good. So Cuban instead breakfast. of a toasted bread, which is eh, mm -hmm. most of the time, you know, or this is just amazing. So yeah. when you get that bread, I don't know. You may have to ship me one. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I know. I know they're going to be frozen, right? We, we is that may be shipping can? to a lot of places. Yeah, oh, yeah. wonderful. Uh, I want one. It's really something. Um, you know, it's going to change how we do sandwiches here for sure. Yeah. yeah. But not just sandwiches. I mean, just But not just sandwiches. Bread. Not tostada I mean, just, in the morning oh. um, and garlic bread. And, so everybody yeah. needs to come by and have some. So, so stay tuned. Some. Yeah. Stay tuned, San Mateo. For the fun. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I just want to, I really want to thank you, Madrina, for oh, making us one of the stops that, you oh know, goodness. on your California adventure, and John for bringing your lovely, perfect lady. <laughs> <laughs> inside joke. That's an yeah. inside joke for another <laughs> podcast about how we rip yes. each other. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you for sharing oh, your thank time, you, and thank you for being who you are. Thank yeah. you for, for being your such stories. a great influence in my life. Oh. Yeah. Because Love it wasn't you both. just, yeah, the, the mm-hmm. money that you loaned. It was all my lifelong, the guidance and stewardship. Um, we're all well there for each other and she, right? that's she, our community yeah. she passes you on, like she's like a transuit to yep, me all the Suzuki Sierra. that I watch you instill in your daughter the Suzuki <laughs> musical training she got some of that yeah. <laughs> I've listened to you through her so I that could be good and bad it's good but no and that's our community right, right. Our, our family community which we love to share yeah, so absolutely. thank you for having me this thank has you. been an amazing afternoon totally oh it from the whole trip and I've seen some beautiful things um, the best so thank you thank you so much can't wait till we do it again yeah. I, we will love you thank, thank you thank you guys alright we'll close out with John yeah thank you so yeah, much alrighty that wraps it up for us here on that very special two part podcast featuring our very special guest Madrina uh, season two episode two of A Meal and Two Mics Thank you so much for joining us, folks. Be sure to look out for episode three coming to you next week after the holidays. And also, be sure to join us December 29th, Thursday, from 5 to 8 p.m. We will be having our annual end-of-the-year Salsa y Sabor Fiesta featuring live music by our very special friend and talented musician Julius Melendez and his gang of men. And also, my mom will be making arroz imperial. So, yeah, be sure to join us next Thursday from 5 to 8. Live music starts at 5.30. The tasty beats and tasty treats will be there for you. And we'll have a dance floor cleared as well. So thank you so much for joining us again. And as always, this is John Santos and his Machete Ensemble, Café con Leche. Till next time, guys. Pero...